0: Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. We'll say our affirmation I am the light the light I am, I am the light, the light I am, I am the light, the light I am. And from that awareness of ourselves as light, from our awareness of that there is an infinite presence of light and of love and of life that is within us, that is all around us, that is the only thing going, the only game in town, that infinite presence by whatever name we give it, is, just is. And because it is, and it is infinite, we are, we must be one of that. We must be within it as it is within us. And so we ourselves are the life and the light and the love and the wholeness. We are that which Spirit is which this infinite presence is. And so today we come together just simply to remember that truth. We have so many distractions in the outer world that wanna pull us away from that. And so it's important to gather and remember this truth. It's important to do it on our own, on our daily spiritual practice, and it's wonderful and sweet and powerful to remember it collectively as a community. And so we allow ourselves this morning to be fed by this time together, by the beautiful music from our wonderful musicians, by the words that come from Spirit through me, by the interactions that you have with others, that we have with other people here, and by the voice of our own soul within. And so I know that all this unfolds to simply light us up even more fully, to help us realize that the birth is happening within us. And in gratitude for knowing this as the truth, release this word into what we call the law, the movement of spirit that moves from idea into form, into experience, into expression. That law is already moving. It is moving us into greater awareness of who we truly are and how magnificent we truly are. And so it is. We'll have two minutes of silence, which will be followed by lovely sacred music from Brent and Amy. So take a breath and let your magnificence contemplate itself and the light within. Hmm. I have a talk, but before I do the talk, I want to do another talk. i want to talk about the dark side of Christmas. Uh-oh. Last night, somebody um, asked me what I'm doing. Actually, several people asked me, what are you doing today for Christmas? And I went, well, I'm working. <laughs> you know, I'm here, I'm doing this service and then I have nothing else to do. And so last night I got home from the Christmas Eve service and fell into a little pity party for myself. Because my kids are down in Sacramento having Christmas with each other and you know, I don't I'm not I don't have a partner or anything like that. And and I woke up this morning still in that little pity party for myself and, and like, oh I'm alone for Christmas. <clears throat> Being a minister, I don't stay there, okay? I just but I but we all have that, yes? Yeah. Sometimes even if we're together we're like, Well, yeah, but I'm just stuck with this person for Christmas, you know. Yeah. We know that Christmas is a time that's difficult for many people. You know, if somebody asked me last night about my happy family memories for Christmas, and it's just like, I didn't have any happy family memories growing up. I got wonderful ones later in my 20s and 30s with other friends and, and people. But home wasn't a great place in, at any time of the year, and especially at Christmas. You know, so, um, so there's none of that to look back on. But I sat this morning and recognized, and I, I read, I was reading, I started every morning reading, uh, this year reading the book of Awakening from Narcanipo. And he says, the glory around you is born each, again each day. The glory around you is born again each day. Do you know where that comes from? It comes from the Muppets version of A Christmas Carol. The Muppets are brilliant. And I realized that it is just another day. And thank God I have another day. There are people who don't. There was more that was going to come with this. (laughs) And it's not at the moment. But something shifted. And it's the realization that a lot of what we think we should be doing for Christmas is what we call race consciousness, the the mindset of the human race that has built and built and built over years, over centuries actually, of what Christmas should look like. And then we think we should live up to that image. And when we don't, we feel separate and alone. But the truth is, it's all a fabrication. It's all made up. And we are beautiful lights in the world exactly as we are, whether we're sitting at home (sighs) drinking beer and watching football, which might be my act. I don't drink beer very often. I might watch a little football if there's some on. I have to do something to recover from the football that I watched yesterday morning. Whatever we're doing is sacred because we are sacred. And so it doesn't have to conform to society's norm of what it should like because, frankly, most of society doesn't conform to the norm of what everybody says it should look like. The Norman Rockwell, you know, pictures of Christmas and, and all that. So I just want to invite you to to know that, like me, you're okay, exactly as you are. However you're spending Christmas today is beautiful and perfect and to make it sacred because you are sacred. That was my dark side of Christmas. Well done, Cheryl. So we're going to talk today about Nativity 2.0. And as I just mentioned, many of us were raised with a Christmas nativity story. Nativity, by the way, simply means birth, okay? So all of us have had a nativity, right? You and I are all, you know. The word natal comes from it, all that stuff. So there was a Christmas nativity story which went, there was a special and perfect baby. No crying he makes when the cattle are lowing. There's a drummer who shows up and plays a drum right next to him, and he just smiles at him. Perfect baby. By the way, all that was made up, as was the whole story. He was born over 2,000 years ago, who was God's own and only son, who came to redeem us all from sin. I'm so glad because I've got, done a lot of things that the church that I grew up in didn't, doesn't agree with, And but I'm already redeemed from sin, so I don't have to worry about it. He was born of a virgin in a stable with three wise men guided by a star and shepherds in their flocks guided by angels. And it's such a sweet little story, isn't it? Most of it created by Luke, who borrowed some of it from other legends. And then it inserts the unspecified number of magi from the Gospel of Matthew, who actually said that they showed up at Mary's house in Bethlehem where she was living, at least a year after birth. That was why in that story, Herod wanted to kill all the babies under two years old, which, by the way, is a throwback to to making Jesus look like the new Moses because it, it takes... It, it comes back to the story of the Pharaoh wanting to kill all the Jewish babies under two years old. So let us acknowledge that there are definite issues with a nativity story. Are we all good with that? Okay. But like so many legends, there's an archetype which calls us to this story. And we have to set aside both our unquestioning belief that this is the truth and our hyper-questioning cynicism and ask what is really here to be seen. The 13th century uh, Christian mystic Meister Eckhart asked, what good is it to me that Mary gave birth to the Son of God 1,300 years ago? If he was alive today, he'd say 2,000 years ago. If I do not also give birth to the Son of God in my time and in my culture, we are all meant to be mothers of God. God is always needing to be born. Isn't that an interesting statement? God is always needing to be born. And we are the place where that happens. Meister Eckhart also said, God never begot but one son, but the eternal is forever begetting the only begotten. In other words, the one son is Life in form, that's what we see. It's not personified in just one guy born 2000 years ago, theoretically. Spirit is always birthing itself in and as form. And this special birth is sig- uh, symbolic of the birth of each of us sacred beings. Each of your birth was a sacred occurrence because each of you is God in form. It's symbolic of the rebirth of the infinite light within us. I love the song that Brent chose for right before this, I am a light, you are a light, we are a light in the world, and we shine. And so this rebirth of the infinite light within us happens as we grow and expand, as we are willing to let Our souls magnify the Lord more and more. That is the true divine birth. Paul says those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons, he didn't say this, but and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children, the, the expressions, the heirs of God. So this day celebrates our own birth. Happy birthday. To your sacredness and our ongoing rebirth. This world forms and disintegrates, but creation, the unfolding nature of the divine, goes on forever. Therefore, the eternal is forever begetting that which is its realization of its own perfection by the realization, the making it into form, making it so we can touch it. You know, this morning when I was feeling sorry for myself, I was sitting there going, I want God with skin on it next to me, you know? And, you know, we want God with skin on it. We are God with skin on it. Yes? So the word Christ, like the word Buddha, isn't someone's last name. Rather, it's a term which acknowledges that this is a human who lives in oneness with the divine. Each of us is a Christ. Each of us is a Buddha. Each of us has that living within us. Ernest Holm describes the Christ as the Word of God manifest in and through humans. The Word, the Gnosis, the knowingness of God manifest in and through you and me. That is the Christ consciousness. We each have the mind, capital M mind, the mind, the one mind in us that was also in Christ Jesus. And to the degree that we know, live, and reveal that divine mind is the degree that we become the Christ. As I spoke about last night, we are not here to arrive at some place, but to continue becoming, birthing anew. We're called to waking rather than being awake. There's no place to arrive in the infinite, in an infinite oneness. Many of you know that one of my favorite Zen saying is, is when you reach the top of the mountain, keep climbing. Because there's no top of the mountain to actually arrive at. So Christhood, like Buddhahood, is not a place to arrive at. There's no heaven and hell as places to arrive at. There's no ascension to be achieved. There's only the willingness to participate in the eternally unfolding dance of life. From today's reading from Mark Nepo, he says, creation is ongoing. The world begins anew each day. This is the miracle that makes not a sound but which changes everything, if we can be quiet enough to feel it happen. When we can participate in this, we begin anew each day. So this dance, like all dances in form, has endings which lead to new beginnings, births which lead to living, which lead to dying, which lead to resting, which lead to new births. That is the cycle of life. That is the the dance in which we are engaged. And today as we acknowledge the beginning of the new solar year with the solstice and the rebirth of spirit within us as symbolized by the baby in Bethlehem story, the ongoing sustenance of life and light, even when it looks hopeless as symbolized by Hanukkah and the enlightenment of our minds and spirits as symbolized by the enlightenment of the Buddha. These are all festivals we celebrate this month, all these festivals of light, to remind us who we really are, even in the darkest time of the year, even in the darkest time of our lives. So we are invited to (laughs) Trip the Light Fantastic dancing in the light of life, the light of the divine, recognizing that we are the light and the enlightened. We are the dancer and the dance. We are the creator and the creation. And to live from and as that infinite and finite life, and the solstice reminds us of the gifts of darkness, the womb of creativity and humanness, as well as the light that never leaves. You know, when we go down that path of feeling sad, depressed, whatever, we forget that there is a light. It's still there. We who live in the Puget Sound region often forget that there is a light. It's still there, yes? The birth of the infant Jesus, taking his first humble steps toward Christ consciousness, oneness with the one, Reminds us that no matter how humble our beginnings or how dark and hopeless our present life might seem, that small, innocent, almost imperceptible light within is always here. It's always here. Awaiting our recognition and willingness, our yes to begin to shine. When I spoke in Phoenix a few months ago, I talked about during my 25 years that I lived in Seattle, I loved to go hiking in the Cascades. And I'd oftentimes get up in the morning, I'd look out my window, it would be gray, maybe misty, stuff like that. And so one of the things I learned is that here in the Northwest, we don't let the weather dictate what we're gonna do. When I lived in Los Angeles, we let the weather dictate, if it's raining, just wait till next weekend, it'll be better. But here, we just let it dictate what we're gonna wear while we're doing what we were gonna do anyway. Yes? Yeah. Yes. So I would you know, look out the window, grab my rain poncho uh, and my backpack, throw it in my car, and head, and head east from Seattle. And coming east from Seattle, we go past Issaquah, you go up and over what's called Backbone Ridge. Is that Backbone Ridge? Anyways, no, High Point Ridge, sorry. Backbone Ridge is on Rainier. Coming over this ridge, and on the other side of this ridge, something amazing happened. It would be clear in the sunshine. And so i go out and I'd spend the day having a beautiful time climbing, uh, hiking through the Cascades in the sunshine, having a wonderful time, come back, get in my car eventually, drive back to Seattle, get up and over High Point Ridge, and guess what it was doing on the other side of High Point Ridge? Raining, cloudy, misty. And I realized after a while that people in Seattle had experienced a day in a certain consciousness. It's a gray, depressing, wet day. And I, by just going 45 minutes east, had a whole different experience. When we can relocate our consciousness away from that darkness, away from the rain clouds, into where we know the light is. You know, you can also get in the plane and go up high enough to do the same thing. When we relocate. But it takes us to wanting to relocate. To seemingly be born again. So I invite us to say a deeper yes to being greater conduits greater expressions greater candles if you will of the light to recognize that we are the word made flesh you are i am Nudge your neighbor you're the word made flesh i invite you in this sacred time to say yes to let your soul magnify the divine i'm going to close with a quote from ernest from the science of mind it's a long quote You can come up. It's okay. (laughs) I'm I'm just giving you a heads up. It's a long quote. It's earnest. If we could stand aside and let this one perfect life flow through us, we could not help healing people. Take that in for a moment. This is the highest form of healing. We have gone through many abstract processes of reasoning and have found out what the law is and how it works. Now we can forget all about the law and know that there is nothing but the Word. Capital W Word, the gnosis, the knowingness of this infinite presence. The law will work automatically. There is a place in the mentality mentality in the heights of its greatest realization where it throws itself with complete abandonment into the very center of the universe. It is here that the mentality performs seeming miracles because there is nothing to hinder the whole from coming through. I invite you this week, this month, this coming year, to let that whole come through you, to trust it throw yourself into the center of the universe and not try and manipulate it and make it happen. We have an affirmation. I am the only begotten, say this with me, I'm sorry. I am the only begotten and I beget spirit through me. One more time, I am the only begotten and I beget spirit through me, so it is. So let us take a breath, go within. There's one presence, one life, one light, and we are it. We are individualized expressions of it. Breathe that in for a moment. You're a flame of the divine and let yourself shine. And so I know that because each of us is that infinite presence, and that presence is all there is. That this light, this love, casts out the darkness, opens up the joy, the peace, the wholeness. That that is our experience of life. We go forward this week simply being the authentic selves, the authentic beings that we are, and so it is.